Welcome back to the watch list. I want to talk about the beverage space. The holidays are coming. We'd like to, and of course, maybe a recession. Let's find out what Gerald Pescarelli says, Senior Vice President, Equity Research Analyst at Wedbush, and our own Kevin Green, Senior Markets Contributor, joining us as well to take a look here at the possible winners and losers in the group. I mean, your theme, I see Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Keurig Dr. Pepper, those seem to be your winners. Why? Well, when you look at the revenue growth trajectory that these um, companies have been able to generate over the course of this year, and then even what we're seeing in scanner data right now, it is largely price-led, and so it's been able to help them offset high levels of commodity cost inflation. Right. That's and so they they've had a great three quarters, and it's continued so far into the fourth quarter. So to the extent revenue continues to outpace expectations, this could have upside. Um, implications for estimates as we get into 2023. So are those the ones that you have buys on? Do you have buy ratings on those Yes, names? so we have we have buys on all three soda companies in Coke, Pepsi, and Dr. Pepper. And then we're neutral rated on the energy drinks companies right. um, across the non-alcoholic beverage Okay. Um, what are your thoughts, Kevin, when you take a look? You know, we wonder if these names are a little more recession-proof. And also, as we have a reopening, maybe more people are out there at concerts and sporting events, drinking more soda, too. Kevin, your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Some of those names that you already just talked about, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, obviously they have been doing really well, reported really good earnings as well, continuing to see that demand. And I kind of agree here uh, with Gerald when it comes to maybe some of that margin uh, availability, if you will. We do know that they saw uh, a significant increase when it came to uh, input cost over the last year, year and a half. But now a lot of those costs are coming down. The margins are expanding and they have no reason to lower those prices. So they might try to keep those margins as much as they possibly can here. One thing I would be a little bit cautious on when you look at Pepsi or Coca-Cola, Pepsi is actually trading at 52-week highs and also all-time highs. Coca-Cola is pretty much right there as well. And so how much upside can we have in a name, a consumer staple or a name like these um, where we traditionally assign them a, you know, a value type of rating here. Uh, in this environment, it might be uh, very profitable or potentially very profitable, but I'm not sure how much uh, long-term uh, we could see this type of trend to the upside. It usually doesn't move like this, as you can see from the chart. I, I'm looking at the Pepsi chart right now. I can't believe my eyes. I really didn't realize that it had run up so much and how resilient it has been. I mean, there's very few names that you could say, hey, sitting at multi-year highs or all-time highs for that matter. Pepsi did well with the snacks. That's the other revenue stream for that company. What, what's missing when it comes to the other names in the alcohol sector? I mean, you, we have all the beers, you have spirits. Um, you have holds or sells on any of those? So, so we're outperform rated on Constellation brands. Okay, so that's a winner. That's a winner. Um, and if you look at their their multiple, it's 20 to 21 times. It's very reasonable when you look mm -hmm. at their revenue growth trajectory, their margin profile, and their earnings growth profile. Modelo, and so they have Modelo uh, and Corona, Corona are their two. Those are their two flagship brands. Um, and so our outperform rating for Constellation brands is, is underpinned within yeah. beer. They have, a, they have a smaller wine business, but their margins and their earnings are really going to be driven by beer. 
Um, across distilled spirits, we like MGP Ingredients, smaller company, but they third um, third party contract manufacturer right. for bourbon for for smaller bourbon companies, and then we like Duckhorn um, across wine, and they're a luxury wine portfolio. Oh, we interviewed them. I have them here. Oh, very good. Yeah, in person. Um, really interesting company. Really unique exposure. Wait, that's the one that the CEO was working in the fields and worked his way up, right? Is that the, is that the he's guy? He, the, Alex Alex Ryan has has, I has think been that's with. Who it was. I think that's who it he's was. been with the company um, for 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 years. Yeah, um, and the other one was MGPI is the ticker symbol Correct. on the other, right? Um, what do you think about passing some of the higher costs, Kevin, on to the consumers what we, when we talk about these different types of beverage names? Um, you know, there's still a lot of inflationary pressures for shoppers. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, when we see these type of inflationary environments, a lot of companies obviously move their prices higher to cover those expenses. But once those expenses start to come down, you usually do not see companies bring their prices down significantly unless they're in a pricing battle with others within the marketplace. So it is an opportunity for a lot of these companies to maybe keep these margins at these levels at this point until you see some form of a, a fundamental breakdown in consumer demand. I would say some of those names that you just brought up, some really good names out there, Constellation brands, I think, uh, especially from a uh, from a European standpoint, they are growing their market market share pretty rapidly here. United States, uh, when you look at uh, a lot of those companies in the United States, the demand has has the growth has been a lot slower than what we may have expected. But there's a lot of competition in this market as well. Molson Coors had the same type of earnings announcement where they saw significant growth uh, overseas in uh, Eastern Europe and 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 in markets of that nature. But in the United States and even in Canada, they did see the market type uh, really start to plateau, if you will. So competition is very tough here, but I'm not sure if you're going to see prices coming down uh, unless we see any type of uh, like a pricing battle or consumer demand just completely drops off here. Nicole. Right. And then um, just quickly, when we think about, we were talking about spiked seltzers. They were hot and then not. What happened? So a, a company like Boston Beer, who had a number two market share with, with their Truly brand, um, they were a huge beneficiary during COVID, during 2020, 2021. And over the course of that time, you just saw increased competition come in. Right. Um, these products tend to not be overly differentiated with one another. And so with this new competition, it essentially squeezed the market share leaders. And what you see now, um, is accelerating rates of market share loss as well as accelerating rates of, of, of revenue decline. Do you expect at any time that you might change something from a hold to a buy anytime soon? Are you sort of on the brink of doing that? And sure. if so, which ones might that be? Sure. So I, I think energy drinks is admittedly performing a little better than I would have anticipated upon mm -hmm. our initial launch. Mm -hmm. um, I like both energy drinks companies in terms of what we're seeing in the scanner that track would be data. Celsius and Monster. Celsius and Monster okay. are in look interesting, yeah. um, and I would say that those, yeah, those two are probably the most interesting to me at this point. Gerald Pascarelli, thank you so much from Wetbush. Great to see you. Thanks for being with us and our own Kevin Green. A great discussion on beverages. Thanks very much, which for I'm sure everybody will be enjoying all through Thanksgiving and the holiday season.